You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Welcome to In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. On today's show, In Orbit number 34, Boy Do I Love Green Engrams. And on today's show, we're going to be going hands-on the bluish and grainy 2.4.0 update as we await the surprise that we're going to get the week before Rise of Iron launch, as well as the new DLC itself. We go over the last bit of news from Game Informer. And we also talk about the gigantic weapons tuning patch that addressed some concerns on the show, but totally ignored others. Um, Before we get into that, I've been talking about this for some time, but it's definitely time to really go into this hard. Uh, This September 18th will be my seventh anniversary of being a cancer survivor. To pay it forward for all the hard work and care the nurses and different organizations have given to me. I will be participating in the Rise of Hope Twitch streams on September 20th at Rise of Iron launch. The charity I will be collecting funds for will be the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And I know that without donations to great groups like LLS, I wouldn't be here today. To help out with this great cause, please visit www.gofundme.com slash 2QM39G6K for donations, and come watch me explore the Plague Lands on September 20th at www.twitch.tv slash go2nrg. Don't forget to check out www.lls.org to learn about the blood cancers that involve the very young to the very old among us and learn about this great charity. So, David's here with me just like always, and we're going to jump right into it. Let's talk a little bit about who these enemies are that we're going to be fighting. First off, who are the Devil Splicers? The Siva is a plague of self-assembling, self-replicating nanotechnology that was created during humanity's golden age. The Iron Lords hoped to use it to better humanity, but the corruption was too violent to be contained, and their quests ended in the downfall of many of humanity's mightiest heroes. Now, centuries later, the fallen house of devils has uncovered this mysterious substance in the depths beneath the Cosmodrome, and this nanotechnology is corrupting them, turning them into deadly machine gods. Now, what's really cool with this latest update, I don't know if you've experienced this, David, but if you do the fallen saber strike, um, the area with the arc energy that goes back and forth, you can actually see a couple instances of SIVA infection on the actual spots where you charge uh put in the the electric charge that's really cool to see that it's in the game which means that more likely than not we're going to be there's going to be a story mission or some sort of strike that's involved in that same area 
which it's kind of a little bit of a bummer that we're going to be doing that area again, considering we've done a story mission in there and also a strike in there, which means that they're going to be using re uh They're going to be reusing assets in that same area. It's kind of stinks, but I hope that they kind of open up a new area over there because it's kind of cool to see the, the effects on different things for Rasputin. And I hope that Rasputin gets involved somehow because let me tell you, they bring back pocket infinity that'd be really really cool <laughs> that would be very cool and the one thing i will say that could be okay about them re-going to that area is there are a lot of unopened doors in rasputin's vault so we may be going to the same general area there is a possibility that we get new rooms or something which would be nice but i agree yeah. it's it's not good that they're reusing assets again if you guys don't know what he's talking about when you go to the one area there's two ways that you, you get to this area on the main story mission where you go to uh, get the stealth drive, you eventually come to a four-way intersection um, where you're leaving the area that on the strike would be the arc conductors, and there's a four-way intersection. When you get to that four-way intersection, you make a left and you go towards where the story tells you to go. If you go straight, you go towards the mine entrance from the strike, but there's a door on the right side that is completely closed. So there is an area that you could theoretically go into, maybe go down and explore more of Rasputin. So hopefully we kind of go in in, in there a little bit and get involved more with Rasputin because there's a lot about Rasputin that we don't know. Yeah, and uh, one thing I want to throw in. So this is kind of off topic, kind of on the same topic. Um the other area, so I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this. There's a ghost you can now get. Um, it's a one of the Rise of Iron ghosts. If you glitch into a room beneath, uh, it's it's the Clovis Bray area on Mars. on Mars. Yep. And I went into that, got the ghost. It's really cool in there. You can collect a Siva shard in there. It doesn't do anything right now, but I'm guessing it'll be something like collecting uh, the calcified fragments to get Touch of Malice. I'm guessing it'll be something like that. Who knows? Uh, but that room has kind of the same Warmind look. So I'm wondering if that's either going to be Rasputin on Mars or this uh, Mars Warmind we have not yet to experience. Yep. In case anybody doesn't know, the original story involved Rasputin saving him from uh, the Hive, where we were originally going to go to the Dreadnought in the very first Vanilla Destiny. Obviously, that every everything changed. The original location for uh, what was it? I think it was Thorn was in Charlemagne's vault, which is another war mind. Uh, before they just went full on Rasputin, there was an actual war mind called Charlemagne, and in his vault was the Thorn plus other technology, and it was being guarded by a guardian who defected to the Cabal. That's the original theorized um, story that was put together from bits and pieces of information from former employees there. So take it with a grain of salt. So let's move on. Let's let's go ahead and talk about Archon's Forge because we've already talked about the main story mission. Uh, we already know it's five story missions or five missions long. Uh, we've already talked about the enemies that we, we're, we're going to be encountering. Let's go ahead and talk about Archon's Forge. And there's a video that's been up on Game Informer 
really cool to look at to see the different enemies. There's a time limit, wave after wave of enemies, eventually leading up to a boss. And you have to kill the boss before time runs out. Now, unlike Court of Oryx, where if you die, you just respawn, go back into the area. You can't do the same thing here. You have to rely on your teammates. If everybody dies, that's it. You just wasted up your emblem or shard or whatever it's called. And then you have to go ahead and do it again. So there's a there's a lot more risk involved, but it looks like the rewards are going to be much, much higher. There's an entire armor set you can get. I'm theorizing that there's going to be weapons that you can get from there. Uh, obviously, there's going to be Grimoire or something involved in that area. And that most likely will be part of your year three moments of triumph. So there's definitely an incentive to go ahead and go in there it's for me, it's the most exciting addition besides obviously the raid, but I've always wanted to do uh, what is it? Uh, horde mode style stuff in destiny. We had it in halo, but we don't have that same or similar thing in destiny just yet. And this seems to be something that's approaching that. Yeah. I mean, I'm still a little skeptical about it. Um, to me, court of orcs was kind of a failure. And Prison of Elders, another attempted horde mode, was kind of a failure. So I'm hoping they get it right this time. But I haven't looked too much into Archon Forge just because, I mean, I'm not expecting a lot. I'm not expecting to be in there a ton, but I could be entirely wrong, too. Like, if they do this right, uh, it could be a super fun thing to go play. Kind of put it in place of strikes, you know, something new to do. I am happy that there's armor and weapon sets. Obviously, I'll spend enough time to get those because I like cool things that look cool but i mean i i just cool things that look cool. cool things that look cool yes i i just hope that it's not what court of oryx is i hope there's a reason to go there i hope it's not uh go there once get what you need and that's it because i've spent very little time in court of oryx i spent time in there at the start to get calcified fragments and then to get a 335 artifact and that was it but I want, I want something where it's like, oh, I'm bored. What should I do? Oh, Archon's Forge. Yeah, let's go do some Archon's Forge for a while. That's what I want from this. I want something that wants me, that gets me to want to go back without a in-game incentive. Right. So the, other than what we've seen from the video, we haven't seen any bosses. We haven't really seen any of the uh, drops. So everything's kind of kept under wraps, hopefully. Next week, we'll be able to experience it. It's only eight days away, people, from the time of this recording. We're recording on Sunday, September 11th, and it's eight days away. It's it's just right around the corner. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so excited. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, where It's not exactly the update itself. It's the downloading of the update and our initial impressions with minor changes graphically so i don't know how your download went david but my download <laughs> went horribly here's the situation for me i work from 8 30 a.m to 8 30 p.m most days why because i'm a nerd and i'm a loser <laughs> but anyway uh, um so when i got home at about nine o'clock at night i started the download it said six hours remaining and i'm like oh god so then I remember the little trick and somebody reminded me of the trick as well where you pause the download, restart the download, and it goes much faster for some reason. 
So I was able to download the the entire thing within two and a half hours, but there's just got to be something going on that causes this to take so long, and it's just you, you can't download it when the when the system is in sleep. You can't do anything. It's you just have to suck it up and just wait there, and it's terrible. Um, what was your experience like with the download? So um, I did download mine in sleep though, because I put mine into rest mode to download it. But I mean, my schedule for that day was I have class that runs up until about five o'clock and then I got home around six and I started the download. And at this, I play soccer Thursday nights and I had soccer at 10 that night. So I wanted to play for a few hours beforehand and I was able to download it and get it downloaded by about seven, seven thirty. It only took me about an hour or so to get it downloaded but the stupid maintenance maintenance was going on till I had to leave never got to play beforehand I did get to play at night though and initial impressions of it is why um, does my screen look like it's covered in dust yeah that, that's been the big problem uh, kind of jumping in a little bit on that uh, I whenever I put it to rest it never downloads really I've never I know there's other people that, that have the same situation as me that and just never downloads. So um, I think there is a setting that you could change. I've I've looked at all the settings, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but I know that I've checked everything that says automatically download updates. So I have well, to take a look at it again <laughs> because I just have the worst luck when it comes to downloading stuff. On and the plus side, we can't actually blame Bungie for this. This is PlayStation's fault. Yeah, PlayStation Network, you suck. Um, <laughs> but let's go back to what you were talking about, um, the dusty look. It, If anybody doesn't know, there's, there seems to be some sort of grainy noise-like filter on the screen. Um, and supposedly it's not universal because there's people that say, my screen looks fine. I guarantee you that they're just looking at the wrong screen or they're not looking at it correctly. Um, or they just have a crappy TV. Right. Because on my screen, I'm looking at it, full 1080p monitor, gaming monitor, and it there's a very obvious film to it where it looks like grid dots. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like, uh, you remember the dot game where you would put squares around? <laughs> it, yes. That's what it looks like on my screen, just very faint dots. There's tons of dots, and it looks like a noise filter on there. And it prevents me from really... Especially, so today I was doing Vault of Glass, and you know when you're teleported to the other side, that you have the the darkness coming in, yeah, and and you, you lose your vision. Imagine that with the filter and the degrading look on the oh, on the I screen. Bet that made it really obvious, though, in all the blackness. It was really really tough to look at everything, and it was just, oh, I'm I'm hope supposedly Bungie is aware of this. And they're going to be looking at it to update it. I hope they do it soon because it looks really, really bad. And it's taking away from my enjoyment of the game. Yeah. But. I mean, it's, it's not really taking away enjoyment for me. I think I'm kind of getting used to it at this point. Uh, I haven't had to do Vault of Glass or anything like that. So I don't know how it would affect me in that situation. It's just weird to me that like I logged on. Uh, for the first time and I opened up my menu. Because when I opened up my menu it was the first time I noticed it. And I was like, man, like 
the graphics honestly look like they got worse because of this with this update. And this is supposed to be the first next gen only update. And then I started noticing it everywhere. You notice it on planets, um, on crucible. I've noticed it in the tower. I noticed it a lot, it, especially when you're looking at like darker objects and stuff, you notice this grainy filter and I don't like it. I don't know why it happened, but Bungie should fix it. Cause it's kind of bringing down that beautiful picture quality they have going with their game. Right. And here's the thing, like everything else looks really, really nice. The UI changes to the option screen, the quest screen, uh, the material screen. Finally, everything with regards to your quest books are actually going to its own little place. I never understood why they never just put in the mission boxes. Yeah, I mean, everything looks like everything looks good on the UI and everything looks like it's in its right place. Everything has a place. It all fits nice together. It makes sense for once. Um, the roster screens even make sense. And you can see where they're bringing in the clan options. Like, I'm pretty pumped for what they've done to the menu screen. I think it's going to be really good. Right. So, so far, our impressions, terrible download, terrible grainy filter. But we're really <laughs> excited because the everything else looks really, really cool. Oh, and by the way, the gunsmith is selling armor parts. Oh, yeah. That's so exciting for me because I do a lot of uh, twist of fate for my armor materials for the exotics. Oh, thank God. Anyway, David, go ahead and talk about Mash Those Buttons. Yeah. So Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. And with that, let's go ahead and jump right into the big update that happened. The weapons tuning update will start off with auto rifles. So for auto rifles, we saw a reduced maximum magazine size for highest rate of fire auto family. Uh, this is the doctrine of passing family. And we saw an increased damage to middle rate of fire auto rifles. Um, I've played with them a little bit. I, I The magazine side really doesn't bother me. I mean, you still are easily able to get double kills and stuff if you're using doctrine. I mean, yeah, no big change there in my opinion. Uh, it might differ for different people if you're not going to be as spot on with all your shots though. And uh, the increased damage to middle rate of fires, I was using Hacker and Hatchet, and I was really liking that thing. I don't know if it was just I was using it and I'd never really used it this much before, but like it felt good. Yeah, I'm really liking the the auto rifle buff for the mid range or the mid impact auto rifles. The only thing that I'm against with regards to the highest rate of fire auto rifles, which it, I still don't understand why they nerfed the magazine. And 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 it's not so much just for PVP. I get that you don't want to kill them or have them so that you can kill so many people easily. But they already reduced the damage. And now they made it so that it's harder to kill enemies with... And I'm talking about PvE. Harder to kill enemies with that auto rifle. You're going to have to constantly reload. It just seems like a weird nerf to those auto rifles i get why it just it, it it hurts it more in pve than pvp 
Yeah, and that just it highlights a problem that we see every update where a lot these these weapon updates are focused around PvP, but they wholeheartedly affect PvE and they don't really take that into effect. Yeah, into I was account. Yeah, I was using um Athian's epilogue today. And I had to reload a couple more times than I normally would. I was not able to take down a Minotaur easily as I was able before. So it's a it's a minor gripe. I, I hope that they do more with those auto rifles and provide more options for those auto rifles. That way, they become like our, our Doctor Nope. Make it make. I hope it makes a comeback. But anyway, go ahead and talk about pulse rifles. So for pulse rifles, we saw an increased rate of fire for the Haka pulse rifle Lumidia D, and an increased damage for middle rate of fire family pulses. This is the Nurin's Mercy family by two percent. Uh, I don't have a Lumidia D. I can't say it. Uh, so I don't know how that feels, but I've gotten killed by it a couple times. So obviously some people are liking that change. And the damage for middle rate of fire pulse, middle rate of fire family pulses. I cannot talk right now. Uh, I mean, it's the same. It, it's basically a three burst kill. So that's what it was. Yeah, when when you said the la la la, it reminded me of <laughs> remind me of Thor. Mew mew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had a weird situation, and I know I told David about this. I had a Ludmilla D with counterbalance and headseeker, <laughs> and a couple weeks ago I deleted it because I was cleaning out my vault, and I was like, if I'm not going to use it, I'm just going to get rid of it. Well. <laughs> Jorge broke the rule. You gotta accept that Bungie will make everything back into the meta eventually. Kind of. Uh, anyway, um, it, it, with Pulse Rifles, it highlights an issue that we've been talking about for the longest time, where it still doesn't address the real issue. And and I'm kind of jumping ahead because we've already read the show notes before, obviously, we're recording the show. They don't address the range, and the damage drop-off is the biggest thing that you can do to nerf these guns. Not so much nerf the damage. I'm not saying everything has to hit for five. That's absolutely ludicrous. But there's no reason for my gun, the Hawksaw, that has like 10 for range, to be doing only one or two damage less from scout rifle range whenever I do a headshot. No reason at all. Because then it, it makes it so that the Lula, <laughs> the Ludmilla D pulse rifle is absolutely useless. Why would I use that over a Hawksaw, which will consistently get kills, especially when you're aiming down sights and if you're getting hit, you're, you have the, the flinch going all over the place. All of a sudden, Ludmilla can't get those consistent headshots and you just become a victim of a faster firing pulse rifle. It just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. And and until they really address the damage drop off for these guns like they did with hand cannons, which are for the most part in in, in every situation except one hand cannon, last word, um the damage drop off seems to be fine. It, it it just seems like for for some reason their Bungie does does not have is not balancing that damage drop off correctly with regards to the range. For me, when I look at a range perk, it shows me how effective the gun is at a specific range. Not so much that 
if I shoot here, then it's going to hit. So- well, uh, two things. One, yeah, there's a big problem with this buff to middle rate of fire pulse rifles because, well, it's the 2% increase. I mean, it may help in PvE, but in PvP, it's still the same burst to kill. It's still the same burst to kill, like, amount of burst as a uh, grasp of Malik. So there's no point to not use the higher rate of fire still, as we've said right. before. Correct. And then in regards to your range thing, uh, I had two little comments on it. One, uh, with hand cannons, when you're looking at range stat, it's not just like, how well is this going to have range drop off? It's literally how well will this gun perform? There are guns in this game where, and hand cannons are the shining example, you want a high range stat and you want range perks. And if you don't have it, you know that gun's not going to perform well. And we'll touch a little bit more on that in a second when we go into hand cannons. Right. But the other thing is just range in general needs to be re-looked at. And they have this problem with range. And I've mentioned this before, but they like to group the types of guns into range. And you run into this problem where you have all the scouts, then all the pulses, then all the auto rifles, then all the hand cannons. And they don't really consider the fact that you have a slower rate of fire hand cannon, a faster rate of fire scout rifle, where those guns, the, the range of those guns should be even or like the lower rate of fire hand cannon should have more range than any auto rifle because it's it's killing way slower even at those longer or shorter ranges than those auto rifles and they don't really think about that they just think all right all auto rifles are going to fall into this all hand cannons are going to fall into this all scout rifles are going to fall into this and they need to kind of like break up those rate of fires with their range drop-offs to to balance it better and it will help if they split up into like subcategories of scout rifles, auto rifles, pulse rifles, hand cannons. I'm sure they, they, they might've tried and don't have a way to do it, but it's what they need to do. They need to make range a bigger factor and that can help balance these rate of fires. Right. And when I say by range, I'm not saying that if it has no range, it shouldn't hit, but make it so that if it has low range, you start seeing that damage drop off. I, if you have that reticle on somebody and you actually have it on somebody and you fire, it should hit. Now, the damage is what 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 gets nerfed in terms of range, but it should be able to hit. It, it just doesn't make sense to me that it hits, but it doesn't get nerfed in terms of damage. It, it leads to situations like we had in year one, and that's what, what I want to avoid. Anyway, let's go ahead and talk about hand cannons since we already touched on them. So hand cannons um, have we've we talked about this on the show. Hand cannons have big issues with range, so you'd think we'd see some sort of a range change. Well, all that happened to hand cannons were they fixed an issue where the hand cannon Zalo's bane rate of fire stat would display incorrectly, and fixed an issue where the Taken King Vanguard and Arms Day hand cannons down in doubt and Kuma Katak Kuma Katak. Yes, yeah, <laughs> stats would display incorrectly. All right. So I get that they're doing UI changes. That's cool. But that's all they did. So you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about what the big thing that, that came up. In case anybody didn't know, um, there's always been a situation with hand cannons that causes there to be phantom bullets. And this is an issue that's, that's been plaguing hand cannons since year two, since the 2.0 update. And we're just like, well, okay. There was an inter- the introduction of this thing called Bloom. And basically what Bloom is, is if you don't pace your shots, 
it's going to fire in, in a specific area or the bullet is, is going to fire in a specific area if you constantly quickly tap it. And it's a way so that you can't just, you know, spam the hell out of a gun, which is why you have certain situations, for example, with last word where you have bullets missing and all because of bloom. If you're holding down the trigger and you're not aiming your shots, taking your time to aim down the shots, you're going to run to a situation where bloom's going to come into effect. That's the way that they intended to nerf last word to make it more of an up close weapon. If you want to come up close to somebody with last word, you're going to get destroyed. What's the problem here with that? Well, um, Bloom isn't really the, the one that's affecting these hand cannons. It's phantom bullets. There's RNG in the bullets. I didn't mean to interrupt you, David, but I just want to get this out real quick. Oh, you're fine. And this really came into the forefront with Triple X's latest video where he showed very clearly that there were issues with hand cannons. And it's really, really noticeable when Triple Rec has the red dot on somebody's head. He got a couple people into free-for-all. And they were just standing there recording, letting Triple Rec shoot at them with the hand cannon. All different ranges, all different hand cannons. In five bullets, two of them completely missed when the reticle was completely on them. And he's not shooting like rap he's not shooting rapidly. He's taking a shot, break, taking a shot, break, taking a shot. So th- there's there should be no instance of bloom coming into play. This yeah. is literally random bullets. Two of the shots missed. One of the sh- two of the shots registered at his body hits. One of the shots registered as a critical hit. He's aiming at the head this whole time. Yes. Sorry. It's just, I I don't get it. Go ahead. So the the big like background to this is because we haven't really just, we we might've said this in the past, but I don't think we've said this episode. The big background to this is there's this big dispute amongst the community as to whether ghost bullets, phantom bullets are real. And Destiny Bungie has said, no, they're not real. Like it's Bloom. It's the way hand cannons work with range. You just need to optimize range to use to get the better effect out of them. So this is the first time someone's tested it when Triple Rec went in and tested it. And he is legit at one point standing three feet from an opponent shooting with the reticle on them and missing. No matter what range you start at, when you're shooting without ever firing beforehand, you should hit where your reticle is aiming and he wasn't. And that was the problem is it's not hitting his head. It's in the body. Okay. Or it's missing or it's hitting a head when he aimed on the body. And that's the big thing. And this caused kind of an uproar um, that day because triple rec released this video the day of the patch notes yep. and Deej had to come out and say, well, we didn't discuss this beforehand. Uh, the patch notes were written long before triple X video was released, but we're sorry about that. We're going to go discuss this as a team now so hopefully they ended up discussing this and they'll do something about it in the near future but this should never happen like i understand if they want to put bloom into a game to uh like nerf hand cannons in a way i don't agree with it i don't think bloom should be a thing i think if you can aim with the hand cannon you should be able to hit with the hand cannon because there isn't bloom on scout rifles and stuff but it, you you just can't have it be in your game where if you aim at something you miss straight up first bullet every time and 
the last word was the worst offender. The last word he had basically on someone's head and was shooting and missing or shooting and hitting body, which makes it's, it's disappointing because people love hand cannons. People want to use hand cannons, but you can't right now, not effectively anyway, because you never know if you're going to get these phantom bullets where you, you should hit someone, but you don't. And it's, it's very disappointing that they haven't noticed this in their own game when the community has been discussing it for a long time. It took a, a big YouTuber actually testing it for them to even say they were going to have a conversation about it. In one way, shape, or form, this was going to come out very soon, considering private matches is literally around the corner. And as I've theorized, I'm almost positive we're going to get private matches on Tuesday. But that's just me theorizing. Don't don't count it as 100%. Um, it, 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 it is really sad. And the way th- – there shouldn't be Bloom, as you mentioned. There really shouldn't be Bloom. There already is a factor in these guns that you can use more effectively than Bloom, and that's the stability stat. If you want a low-stability hand cannon, it should recoil to the left or to the right, kind of like, oh, it does the same thing for pulse rifles. When you fire a pulse rifle, it goes to the right or the left or whatever. Oh, it does the same thing with auto rifles. It goes to the left, right. It doesn't do the same thing with hand cannons to the same effect. And that's why nobody looks at the stat stability on these hand cannons. Yeah, it's it, the problem was in year one, we had some very overpowered hand cannons. With Thorn, uh, the, the, the range Thorn had, the range last word had, and they ended up doing a blanket nerf and destroy of all hand cannons because of it, when really the other hand cannons weren't super OP. If you were running around with a normal legendary hand cannon, like it was competing like any other gun would. It didn't have this insane factor to it. It was just those certain guns were built so well that they ended up getting themselves, the entire class broken because of it. It's just a shame because... I know that they've been working hard on the sandbox and how the, these guns perform, but it still seems like they're just ignoring common sense things. They took out a feature that you had in Halo in Bloom because it wasn't performing correctly. And I'm the, people were saying that they only took that out when 343 came in. Well, you have to go back and see, well, why did 343 remove it from the game? Oh, because it was terrible. It was causing <laughs> shots to completely miss, even though they were aiming down sights. I, I'm not saying everything has to be identical as Halo, but you do learn lessons from history. And to implement something that has been proven to be bad, they did it with, um, what was it? Skill-based matchmaking. They're doing it now with Bloom. They're doing it with certain blanket nerfs, two guns that make them completely useless. And at a certain point, you just have to think, well, why? What is the actual problem? The actual problem in year one wasn't all legendary hand cannons or all hand cannons in general. It was a specific set of three exotic hand cannons that if you had the correct tools from beginning and the correct setup, they had to, so the people understand they had to completely redo the entire sandbox and send it to us as a gigantic update to the game to be able to have properly balanced weapons. This was in 2.0. People don't realize how big of an update 2.0 was, not just because of the game, 
but because of that gigantic update to the entire sandbox where you could now tune stability and range and everything and and make it work better but it still seems like they missed gigantic opportunities to provide a good quality experience for all players not just beginners I understand that you want to make it so that everybody feels powerful, but if I have my reticle on your head and I fire, it should hit. And then if I am able to re-aim right at your head, adjusting for the stability or, 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 or to the kick or whatever, and I'm able to fire again, it should also hit again. But this whole thing, Bloom, adding an, an element of RNG is just absolutely atrocious and it goes back to everything that we've been talking about for ye- for for months now where things just don't make sense in the sandbox that if they took the time to change it it would make the crucible i would say completely balanced you don't nerf everything for damage you nerf it for what the gun type is what you intend for that gun to do and what abilities should be do av- available to- on specific things for it, it just seems like they just want to nerf everything and kill everything as opposed to tuning it, which is what needs to happen. Anyway, we've already discussed this for quite a bit of time, almost an entire 10 minutes. Let's go on to shotguns. <laughs> so shotguns, uh, Immobius saw a decreased spread. This is the Titan class shotgun. Um, it has a 0.1 zoom factor increased to its spread and an increased base stability of 60%. Uh, there's an increased high rate of fire and middle low rate of fire shotgun damage by 2% and reduced spread angle penalty on shotguns with the perk full auto. Invective not being effective. Yeah, affected. Yeah, I think I said that right. One, and, actually, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just realized something. One thing that I forgot to mention with hand cannons or that we forgot to mention, there's going to be a new class of highest impact of hand cannon, oh, lowest yes, rate yes. of fire. That's supposed to be a two-tap kill. So get ready, guys. Anyway, shotguns. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so that those were all the changes to shotguns. Basically, they're trying to push people to use the lower, uh, de- the lower range, higher rate of fire shotguns again. No one's going to still use probably not going to work. But everybody's <laughs> still probably at, at least. I mean, this update's been out for a few days now, and I'm still just getting killed by party crashers. So you know what? I will say this: um, the highest rate of fire shotguns they perform actually really, really well in PVE, where you don't want to use something like party crasher, where you kind of want that extra shot to stun an enemy. Mm-hmm. So. If you're going up against a captain, if you're using Party Crasher, the one shot takes away the shield and then all of a sudden he's slapping you. Whereas if you use a lower impact one, the one shot takes the shield away, another shot quickly stuns him. All of a sudden you you have the ability to point your gun up, fire at the head, he's dead. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. That's that's all there is for shotguns. Everybody's doing his high impacts. PVE, though, you're right. The the low rate of fires are good for PVEs. So yes. moving on to sniper rifles. Uh, ugh, sniper rifles got a, a big nerf last time, and then they took a bit more damage here. So sniper rifles saw reduced damage on the middle high impact family. This is the thousand yard stair family of sniper rifles by 6.95%. Because of this, middle-high impact snipers can no longer reliably kill high-armor guardians who are in their super. 
with no land beyond not being affected by this. We also saw a reduced target acquisition for LDR, Longo Synthesis, to bring it in line with other snipers in their family. There's an increased the starting strength for aim deflection, aka flinch, when players take damage while scoped in from 30% to 50%. With every subsequent hit, the strength of the deflection increases until you hit that 100% of max deflection. Overall, Sniper ADS aim deflection multiplier has been increased to 1.9 from 1.85, and they fixed an issue where the Irene UI stat bar showed an incorrect rate of fire. You know what this tells me? This tells me that we're going to get more legendary sniper rifles in the game that have the highest impact. Because in year one, we only had, um, oh, what is that Iron Banner sniper rifle that had final round that everybody was re-rolling for? Effort Eats Spear. Effort Eats Last Impact. Anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're, that was a terrible joke, by the way. Um <laughs> I am almost positive we're going to get some legendary sniper rifles that go into this family. Because right now in year two, the only ones that really approach that are that are able to, at least from what I'm seeing, that are able to kill or res snipe would be Black Spindle, Zen Meteor, and maybe Irene. Yeah, I don't know what Irene is, to be honest. Irene is, Irene's between... Thousand yard stare and um, uh, black spindle. spindle. Yeah, so I mean, I have a problem with this, and it's just because uh, that was how you took out guardians in their super, and that was a pretty important part of Crucible was having those snipers that could take out guardians in their super. I don't know why they got rid of that. I really see no reason to get rid of that. Like, I understand it's frustrating to be killed out of your super, but. Uh, the the good players don't get killed out of their super by people with snipers because they know how to use their supers effectively and not walk out into a sniper lane well in a super. I It just bugs me that they take that out of the game and now it's basically like you run away from supers because you have no way to kill them. I, I, I see two modes of thinking on this. Um, you are supposed to feel powerful when you're, you're, you're having a super and the fact that it fired so fast, the because uh, LDR and Thousand Yards there and Longbow, they fired really, really fast. And you could still two-tap people. I mean, you're not going to two-tap people like you do with um, the highest rate of fire ones, like your Waylorn's March. But you're still able to do a lot of – it's 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 way too flexible of a sniper. So to make it so that if you want a body shot – hand cannon kill somebody real quick you could still do that with a thousand yard stare but you're not going to be able to get that kill like that is preserved strictly for those highest impact that's what this tell remember we have to look at this patch not just for items that we have now we have to look at this patch for items that we're going to get with rise of iron so the fact that they did this tells me that there's going to be a class of snipers a class of legendary snipers that we're going to get that are highest impact to help push people to those options to provide more of a distinction between the sniper classes. Because right now you have Waylorns, you have your Thousand Yard, and you have Black Spindle. Why would I use a Black Spindle or something like that when I can just use a Thousand Yard Stare that gives me the same, um, what is it called, uh, benefit? Um 
it gives a reason to use black spindle and um effort each spear that type of sniper rifle in crucible because right now there's very unless you're being silly and you're playing around with, or, or then again zen meter is not a bad gun at all but th- there was little reason to not use a thousand yard stare because it was so good it had really really good perks you could get really really good perks on it and there's just a lot of versatility with that gun so it's just to provide more things for people to or more experimentations in the game that's what i see if we don't see that uh new class of snipers then there's a problem that would be a huge problem let's 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 move on to another gun type that's going to get a huge change okay time out i think we should go back to snipers for real quick just look Two, okay. two quick two quick points I want to make. Uh, okay. The reduced target acquisition for LVR and Longbow, you don't really have to worry about it. I've used them since then, and they still feel fine. Uh, the, the aim deflection, the flinch, because this is kind of a big topic. Um, they've increased flinch, right? It, why? Like, make you have, you have two options, the way I see it. You can either make people... Um, Scope out, which I know you're a big advocate of when you get hit, when you're scoped in with a sniper rifle, scope out, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, or make the flinch like insanely high because right now, like when I've played since then, I haven't even noticed the flinch increase. Like they say it went from 30% to 50%, but it, it, it still feels the same to me. And, um, I've talked to some people about this before. You can use the flinch actually in your favor when you're sniping, as weird as it is to say, because the way aim assist works in the game, if you get hit and you flinch, you can then just sweep down to either side, depending on which way you get hit to from the flinch, and you just get a nice easy headshot with the aim assist. So the flinch they're giving you is actually helping you. So it's it's weird to me. I, I, I just feel like the way they fixed flinch didn't really do anything, and they need to do something better. I, I've always been the advocate that you should get shot out of aiming downsides it just doesn't make sense if i'm not saying that everything has to be ultra realistic but if you're aiming down sights with a sniper and you get hit you're going to be knocked back and you're not going to be looking down the sights it just seems like a no-brainer to me i don't know yeah i just they're just um i'm a big sniper and i love sniping and i would hate to see things (laughs) That, that can damage it. Like I, I've told you, I, I don't like what they've nerfed snipers so far, but it just seems weird to me that they have yet to do this because a lot of the community has called for that scope out system, which is in place in other games. And the flinch just, I mean, it doesn't do much. It doesn't, snipers can still easily just pull off a headshot hard scoping when you shoot them. If you pop them three times with the Mita before you get that fourth one off, they just pop you in the head and you're done. But moving on now to sidearms, uh, which is the gun type you were talking about getting some big changes. Um, they unified damage for all sidearm types, so they increased the damage for existing Haka sidearm families by 3% for the lowest rate of fire and 7% for the highest rate of fire. It decreased decrease damage for non-hit scan sidearms by 5% for the Vestian Dynasty and Queen's Choice. Um, there's a minor extension of damage falloff point for sidearms across the board. A minor increase of stability for sidearms across the board. Added damage bonus in PvE, 20 to 30%, dependent on the combatant tier, which is pretty cool because these things kind of sucked in PvE beforehand. 
To accommodate two new, faster-firing sidearm families releasing in Rise of Iron, all current sidearm rate of fire bars will be slightly shorter. This just allows for more space to be displayed for fire differentiation. It doesn't change the actual fire rate, just the stat bar representation in the fruit space. Um, I've used sidearms since the update, and they don't really feel that different to me. Uh, but... I know I haven't gotten one yet. I know a bunch of people have been getting the Trespasser, though, and that thing does work. Yeah, it does 38 to the head, which means it's a two-burst kill at close range. It's basically how the highest impact pulse rifles used to be up close, and that's ridiculous. So I don't have one. I've seen videos. It looks really, really fun. Um, There's just one thing about sidearms. It's the Phantom Bullets again. And it's it's the bloom. It really affects that 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 yep. that category of gun, unfortunately. And they suffer the hand cannon fate. They do, um, and that's going to get us accentuated with the highest rate of fire pulse rifle. Not pulse rifle. I'm sorry. Highest rate of fire sidearm. So you're going to run into the same situation that we were just talking about with regards to Triple Rex video. If you're aiming down sights, especially for um, the hit scan. Uh, sidearms like your queen's choice the ones that where the laser comes out and actually has to go travel through an area to hit somebody as opposed to the ones that i might be mixing up non-hit scan and hit scan whatever it is where there's a there's a gun type where you have to shoot it has to travel through the space and hit somebody then there's the ones where you point you shoot and it automatically hits when you fire and if it if if there's issues where phantom bullets comes into play, like that's just not fun. That's that 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 that. And that's why I rarely use sidearms because there's many times where I know I'm firing at somebody and I'm doing body shot da- or I'm supposed to be doing body shot damage. It just doesn't hit. So I'm concerned about sidearms that they're not going to get the proper buff that they need because of phantom bullets, just like hand cannons. And in some cases, shotguns, which is crazy to say that I actually want something buffed with regards to shotguns. But there's no reason if, if you're up close to somebody and you have that that barrel right in their chest, it should kill. And again, we'll put links up in the notes for Triple Rex video. We highly recommend that if you're a Destiny fan, you're watching this because it is important to take a look at your game in action. And yeah. That's just my my two cents on sidearms. Yeah. So uh, fusion rifles. Fusion rifles got accelerated coils correctly to reflect damage reduction now on the UI stat bars with no change to gameplay effects. And they fixed an issue where stat bars on Tekion Rage displayed incorrectly. More just changes to UI. There's a lot of that in this update. Yawn. Yawn. <laughs> Rocket launchers saw extended damage fall-off distance on cluster bomb perk explosion, saying that it should more reliably damage enemies, and grenades and horseshoes saw another, another nerf with its proc radius reduced from 1.3 meters to 1 meter, with truth not being affected, which does kind of give truth that little bonus there. But, I mean, this is them trying to get people to use things other than grenades and horseshoes since it's probably not going to work. Just cluster bombs has been terrible. It's always been terrible. Uh, the very first rocket launcher that I've ever used that had cluster bombs was He's in Vengeance. Those cluster bombs did nothing to the target that I shot at. And then we had uh, Hunger of Crota, 
which was supposed to be Baby Gallahorn. Yeah, good luck. That that thing didn't do much damage, but the impact. So it's like, what's the point of cluster bombs? Yeah, if I'm, and especially I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just going to say, if it has a large um, explosion radius and you're firing into a, a group of enemies that are there, like minor enemies, they're all dead by the impact of the actual gun, not the cluster bombs. So what's the point of the cluster bombs? There's no point in the actual cluster bomb. Yeah, there'll be a point in it when it does the damage of a shot, like a second shot. That, that's when there'll be a point to it, but that's not going to happen. And yeah, it, right now, grenades and horseshoes is still the way to go. It just makes your rocket launcher that little bit more effective. Yeah, I've used grenades and horseshoes since the nerf. Um, I mean, I'm always aiming at the enemy anyway, aiming towards them. It, I mean, there, there's still situations where... I know I fired at the enemy and I hear the explosion and all I see is like a 49 for damage. I'm like, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, but that's just the game. That's not the perk. No, like, like it didn't hit the wall. It exploded and it did only 49 for damage. So I, I, I don't know if it's the perk itself or what's going on. It just seems weird to me. Like rocket launchers, they need more interesting perks besides tracking and grenades and horseshoes it just seems like there's there's something missing with with regards to rocket launchers that you don't get with other guns in terms of perks could be the damage damage is missing it'd be cool you know what would be kind of cool a rocket launcher that the impact is low with regards to the explosion but you can fire multiple missiles that would be pretty cool just to, they just need to mix it up. Yeah, do something different. So, like, you can survive getting hit by a missile. It does, like, 154. But if you fire two of those missiles and, like, have a magazine of five or six, and you're just firing missiles, 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 like... Basically it, it, make it, like, a noob tube from Call of Duty. There you go. Yeah. So, machine guns, they saw an increased damage on the highest rate of fire of machine guns by 4%. That doesn't really do much. Yawn. Yeah, more yawns. And then we were moving into weapon perks. So these ones will just kind of go through and then we can look back and we'll comment on any ones we think um, need to be commented on. Uh, the magazine perks now give range bonuses. They removed the impact stat bonuses because they had no effect on base damage, only on the UI bars. So they were basically making us think we were getting bonuses and we weren't. So now armor piercing rounds has four range and reduces four handling. High caliber rounds has three range and reduces five handling. And skip rounds has plus five range and reduces three handling, but it also adds five to the inventory, which is, I mean, that's, I, I like this because now it makes dram- damage uh, drop off further. So these can now be better for things like hand cannons and stuff and did, auto rifles that have those low rate of fires. Did you say damage drop off? I probably did. Tee <laughs> Anyway, uh, as I continue to stumble over my words, take a knee saw a change with now activating after 0.5 seconds of crouching. Me and Jorge discussed this. We don't actually know what it was at before because it didn't say. So maybe it activated immediately. Maybe it activated after two seconds. But now it's 0.5 seconds of crouching. Here's the one thing about the perks. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was going to say that when you – in ever since 2.0, whenever a – an effect or a perk procs, it actually says on the screen, for example, outlaw or take a knee or surplus. 
So that that's something that we couldn't test in year one to see when it exactly worked. Now we can. Sure. Uh, Tekkeni also had added flinch reduction by 25% and increased aim down sight speed by 25%. Guessing they're trying to get you to use Tekkeni to counteract the flinch changes to snipers, maybe? Um, Exhumed now added an extra 5 seconds of total effects time, which is now at 15 seconds of total effects. Cascade has functional changes with melee kills now automatically reloading a portion of the magazine. That's actually, I, I like that. That's cool for me. Um, surplus now increases carrying ammo capacity. Grave robber increases proc chance to 25% from 20%. Gorilla fighter, the most useless perk in the game, saw increased ability and range bonuses by 200%. They're saying think of it as a bonus hammer forge and perfect balance while the perk is active because they're trying to get people to use the perk no one wants to use. Unfleet, unflinching saw a decreased Efficacy of the perk from 25% flinch reduction to 15% flinch reduction. So they actually made it worse, even though they made flinch worse. And Firefly, a crash was fixed that would um, activate if certain things happened with Firefly. I don't really understand what made things crash, but Firefly could make things crash. I've, I've seen situations where the game will get kind of stupid when you proc it. Where, like, for example, your character would explode instead of the, like, the, the it would still happen on the the actual enemies, but your character would have the effect of exploding. There is there is a there's a small period of time. It only happened to me once, but it was with um, I think it's the vanity, the future war call Hank Cannon, the mm-hmm. one with Firefly that you could buy from the vendor. People were buying it, and the game would legit turn off if you <laughs> got a kill with that gun. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, it's just weird stuff that happens in video game programming, but you can legit turn your game off by shooting, by procking Firefly. So, awesome. Okay that. That's awesome. <laughs> so, with that, we will move into exotic weapons, where we, uh, some interesting changes happened here. So, first off, Universal Remote. Uh, we saw the exotic perk range bonus reduced by 75%, so it no longer will guarantee maximum shotgun range, and an increased rate of fire, which decreases the damage as kind of a secondary effect. So basically, they changed how you're going to play with Universal Remote. They had to. I mean, any gun that uses primary ammo, which means that you're always going to have ammo for that gun, means that you cannot give one-hit kills to something like that except for in the example of No Land Beyond, since it is a precision-killing weapon. So yeah. it, was, it was just way too powerful with, with, the, with the other perks, such as a Titan skating with, with Defender. It was just way too strong. Well, and the other thing was, uh, when you're looking at the, the comparison of No Land Beyond, No Land Beyond is a skill weapon. You have to be good with that weapon because it, it sucks. If you don't use it a lot, you're not going to do good with it because it's just not a good weapon. Versus Universal Remote was, uh, in general, a very good shotgun. So you had this very good shotgun where you're using primary ammo. If they made it some sort of a challenge, like a double barrel shotgun, kind of World War II type, similar to the No Land Beyond, then like it'd be okay with how it was. But right now, it's, it needed something, and I'm okay with the changes they brought to it. Yeah, that, that thing was way too strong. That thing was impregnating me with bullets. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so Fabian strategy. <laughs> so, uh, kills with the weapon now automatically load a portion of the magazine. Increased base range by 16%. Increased base stability by 44%. It needed it because it was god-awful. It's really good now in PvE. PvP, it's okay. It's serviceable. I'm not a fan of the sights for PvP, mm-hmm. but it's really, really good in PvE. But it still eats up magazine or ammo like like nobody's business. Because here's the thing that that they don't tell you: it'll load a portion of the magazine from your reserves. Mm, it doesn't. It doesn't give you ammo like, for example, uh, oh, what what is it called? The the arc auto rifle. Oh, uh, Zalo's there. Zalo supercell. Yeah, it's like Zalo supercell. It'll give you ammo. This one doesn't. Yeah, it's it basically uses the Ace of Spades perk now, except it doesn't need to be a precision shot. But Ace of Spades doesn't take from your magazine. It gives you a, it, you could fire infinitely. I thought it it takes from your reserves though, doesn't it? Nope. Oh well, learn new things every day. So Thorn, uh, Thorn as coming back saw a reduced base range by twenty five percent. Basically, they're trying to make Thorn have the range of a high rate of fire hand cannon. Right. Uh, Dreg's Promise saw increased damage by 8% and increased magazine size by 3%. It's still pointless to use it. Have you used it? Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I kind of want to play around with it because 8% is a huge buff for PvP. That's at least a couple points of damage. So maybe it's good? Maybe, but probably Maybe. not. <laughs> Let's talk about the most controversial one. Okay. I was going to save that one to last. Whatever you want to do, David. Gosh. Okay. So, real quickly, Bully Gemini saw an added intrinsic perk of high caliber rounds. Um, no time to pl- to explain. Saw an added no time to in- poop. Time- no time to poop. No time to explain. Saw an added intrinsic perk of Head Seeker. I mean, it's a good gun now. A lot of people are using it in PvP. That intrinsic perk helps a lot. Now the controversial one. Okay. Touch of Malice now no longer works with Blessing of Light. Yeah, I I tried it, and basically what happens is as soon as you fire that first shot, it takes off your Blessing of Light, and then it's using your health. There has to be something in the new raid. That you that it, the the enemy is just stationary and you could just go in and out of your blessing of light and just blow it up to smithereens. Yeah. There has to be something. Again, remember these patches aren't just for current meta; it's for rise of iron. There has to be either a strike boss, a raid boss, some sort of enemy that you could just spam blessing of light and and touch a mouse. Especially I, because they're letting you fully infuse it. Right, because I'm. I was. I was, as I was telling telling David, I was going to bring Touch of Malice into the new raid just because there's always a chance that that weapon could, the previous guns or the previous DLC's weapons could break the new raid. I mean, I brought Vex Mythoclass into um, Crota just to test it out, just to see if it would do anything, and I was expecting a lot more wizards than there were, and there weren't. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I like I just, I I always bring in the previous weight ri- weights, the previous no, raids my weapons. my talking. Oh, I'm only three and a half years old. Anyway, 
So I wonder if their the touch of malice was going to affect it. Yeah, and it's a bummer because Touch of Malice, I mean, it was fun to use on Strike Bosses if you use Blessing of Light. And, of course, that was a, a very common strategy on Oryx was using Blessing of Light and Weapons of Light with two Titans in the middle, which now you kind of have to change up a bit. But I, I still used uh, Touch of Malice during Oryx. I'll just, instead of doing damage with Touch of Malice on the Ogres, I'll use Snipers on Ogres. I know people were already doing that. They were, they were just saying, just use the snipers. It's so much e- quicker to kill. I mean, it kind of is. It's just my concern has always been if I run out of sniper ammo, it's going to be much tougher to, to take out those ogres if I'm relying on that secondary. Right. Because, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a lot of people are upset because they felt it didn't need to be touched and that it's it's a weird thing to do, but Looking ahead, like we said, there's probably something in the next raid, and it would make the raid probably way too easy. And then the last thing that we'll go ahead and jump on with regards to weapons and armor tuning is... The uh, bug causing plus one armor forks to sometimes fail to function. Yeah, that's actually really, really important, because it comes into play with what we were talking about earlier with regards to the, the super... Uh, for example, a, a Titan Hammer or a Warlock Stormcaller or a Blade Dancer charging you with that. If they actually have an armor perk on that and it fails to function, well, what's the point of using that armor perk? Right. You want to the, the biggest um, example of it actually is Trip Mines. If you have higher than the lowest armor, you shouldn't die from a Trip Mine. But a lot of times people are dying from Trip Mines anyway, and it was this glitch that was causing it to do it. Yep. And class items can now accept shaders, which Hooray. are making some cloaks on hunters look pretty dang sexy. Yes, they are. Uh, but let me tell you, Glow Who still looks, looks like shit. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the actual update in terms of activities. Yeah, so public events saw a huge change. So for your first daily public event gold completion, you now get a legendary ingram. 15 destination materials, 15 legendary marks, five motes of light, a low chance at an exotic charge, and 4,000 experience, 25 Vanguard rounds. If you repeat a gold public event, you get 200 glimmer, two to five destination materials, one to two motes of light, 1.5 thousand experience, a green blue ingram, and 25 Vanguard Rep. A silver will get you 100 Glimmer, 2 to 3 Destination Materials, 750 Experience. Brown will get you 50 Glimmer, 1 to 2 Destination Materials, 500 Experience. And a partridge in a pear tree. Basically, uh, that, that, that's they made public events of. more relevant. No, Be- this needed to happen because now there is... I mean, you want to load up on Legendary Engrams to get weapons and armor materials to get for example faster reload for your pulse rifle or whenever you get an orbital light you regen health something like that yeah so uh that that's good and they basically brought them into your daily routine again everybody used to have a daily routine that involved it now you can again oh they're so nice <laughs> so um, some UI changes that happened. Uh, quest menu has been changed and renamed to progress. 
record books have been moved from the materials on the inventory menu, thank God, to their own location in the progress menu. We talked about this a bit beforehand. Quest, bounty, and reputation displays have been adjusted. It all looks super clean. Except, you know, that that filter, but that's beside the point. Um, and let's go ahead and talk about the Crucible. Yeah, so the Crucible... In general, legendary engrams have been removed from Crucible in-game rewards. Now Thank legendary weapons God. drop in their place. Oh, it is so nice. Over the past few days playing, I've gotten three IS Lunas. I had gotten like three total beforehand. Like it is, it is fantastic. People, uh, honestly, it's it's causing a problem with Party Crasher though, because lots of people are getting Party Crasher now. You saw the God roll I had, didn't you? Oh yeah, you got a you got a real good roll. As Rangefinder. <laughs> uh, underdog which is if you're low on health it gets even more range it has a range perk on it oh that's, that's oh. Real good. That's real good. that gun is unfair i was using it i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> i need to go shower after using this one growth <laughs> they fixed an issue where crucible activity tooltips were showing the wrong icon Beowulf, Circeo, and gilgamesh shaders once again it can be acquired through completing crucible matches they fixed some reward logic associated with vanity items from Shack Weekly Package. The Cruci- package. Package. Gross. The, the, the Crucible Quest Faction's new monarchy will no longer ask the player to earn points in salvage playlists because people hate salvage. Crucible Quartermaster Weekly Bounties have been removed. I don't know why they did that. I guess they don't want you to get rep. Um, <laughs> free Sterling Treasures from Weekly Crucible and Postmaster are discontinued. Sterling Treasure is still available from Prison of Elders and Eververse. I think they're doing this because they're going to be bringing in the new treasure system to these spots. Yep, Radiant Treasures. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the game types that saw changes. So 3v3 game types now give slightly less heavy ammo per brick. Which Trials, should. It should. Uh, you shouldn't, there shouldn't be much heavy ammo in 3v3. There's only three people. Um, Trials of Osiris for year two has ended. It will resume on September 30th, for those of you who didn't already know that. And uh, just interrupting you real quick, just so that you guys are aware, um, per the last interview that they did, there's not going to be many changes to Trials of Osiris outside of the weapons and armor pieces. So it's pretty much the same event unchanged, which kind of disappoints me. But uh, I mean, it depends on your perspective. It disappoints you, it's okay for me just because... I like it being consistent. It's that one thing, that, that legacy thing. I like it. Um, elimination game mode saw heavy ammo now only appear at one central location. Bring on the Hunger Games. May the odds never be in your favor. Ever. And hopefully that's in Trials of Osiris. No one knows yet. We're guessing it is, but no one knows for sure. Uh, and then they fixed the bug where the heavy ammo could persist through rounds if the heavy rounds ended before it can spawn. I never saw it, but I wouldn't want to. So, glad isn't, they that fixed what, it. isn't that the thing that caused that one iron banner and trials to be closed that weekend? It might have been because of clown cartridge and um, I forget the other part. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I never actually knew like how to do that glitch or anything about it. I just know that it canceled my beloved trials with Cyrus. Um, so salvage, they tried to make salvage a little bit more, um, oh, what am I looking for with the word here? Objective oriented. 
So they reduced initial relic capture spawn delay from 15 to 10 seconds, reduced time between relic spawns from 25 to 15 seconds, reduced cooldown time on enemy probe from 45 to 30 seconds. That makes a huge difference. If you die more than once, you're not getting that probe, and the other team's getting those points. Um, increased interaction radius on enemy probe from 3 to 5 meters, Increased successful sabotage scores from 150 to 200 points, and they changed scoring so not only the interacting player gets the points for successful sabotage. Here's what they really need to do um, with salvage: just make it a point system where 15 points wins you the game. Every success successful um, salvage completion gives you three points. Every successful sabotage gives you one point. Don't yeah, get points for kills, like it, because if you get go and play salvage on, for example, um, Widow's Court, that it's always in the middle. That's the worst map ever. It for turns salvage. into the longest game of skirmish ever, and it, it's just so annoying. And, and so they need to make it so the salvage is about the actual objective, and make it so that there's only specific maps that have salvage because Widow's Court. Or either that, or just remove that first one because that first one's absolute garbage. That just, oh, <laughs> it's it's just it's in such a wide open spot that people can just pick you off, and yeah, it's not good. Um, I agree, one hundred ten percent. Though it should just be a totally objective based game mode. Because I actually have a lot of fun, or used to have a lot of fun playing salvage. I know a lot of people don't like it, but it just. It it seems like it could be so much more, but then it just turns into three v three skirmish. When you play it as a team, as a team game mode, it's so much fun. But people don't really like to play it that way. It's it's basically headquarters from Call of Duty, which is a classic. Um, so Rift also saw some changes. They extended runner damage resistance from picking up Spark by a few seconds, give you a little bit more time to get off the starting line. And they add an overshield on player spawn to cut down on spawn camping. So I have some, I'm very opinionated on this topic because I understand why they did it. And it's good that they did it because spawn camping happens a lot. But in my opinion, spawn camping should never happen because the spawns should rotate based on how people push in. And and Call of Duty, which I've actually mentioned a fair amount this episode, which doesn't Mm -hmm. usually happen. But um, in Call of Duty... Uh, they had capture the flag and uplink. Two game modes kind of similar to, to Rift. Um, uplink more being similar because there's one ball you'd get and you'd have to kind of score it in your team's goals. But in these game modes, you could control spawns. If you pushed down one side of the map and pushed into your opponent's spawn, you would push your opponent's spawn out to the other side of the map. And it made good teams who are playing with good strategy have a clear advantage because they would then control the spawns, push people to the outside, and with teamwork, they would control the game, have an open lane for running and scoring points. That's how games like this should be played. You shouldn't continually spawn on your own goal so that you can be there over and over to help try and stop the goal. If you're getting controlled through your spawn, then you should be pushed out of where your goal is so that the other team has the advantage. Otherwise, there's really no point in pushing into the team's spawn until you have the goal, the the thing you're trying to score with, in this case, the the runner, the spark runner, there's no point in pushing in before the spark runner gets there because people are just going to respawn there anyway. And I kind of also want them to make it a completely objective game, plot, game mode, kind of like what I was talking about, where 
it's a 15 point gameplay or game mode where every successful riff capture three points. If you kill the riff runner while they're going towards the rift and they got, for example, an, an orb, then it's one point. It, it, it I, I get why they have the system that they do. It's so that, so that everybody feels important and, the, and that you could get points, but it, it just, it, it doesn't make sense why you have an objective-based gameplay, a game mode that you can win outside of doing the objective. Yes, the Rift will give you a massive amount of points, but I I want to make the objective the only thing that you can do to win that game mode. Yeah, there's there's a big problem. And it's, I mean, it's not necessarily a big it's not necessarily a problem, but there's a big thing with Destiny where they really like to emphasize kills. Um, the only game to this point that has been fully about uh, the objective is zone control. Rift, I mean, Rift is basically capture the flag or uplink, kind of a combination of them. And and the other games that have capture the flag, Halo had it in uplink. Um, it was all about scoring the flag, scoring the points. And the, the fact that kills kind of count in Rift is still weird to me. Uh, I think that's a step in the right direction of supremacy coming out with Rise of Iron, where it's all about collecting the crests. Yep. So there is an actual objective, and you still get the satisfaction of killing people. Yeah. And I mean, I you still get satisfaction when you play those game modes like Capture the Flag. You have those people who are slayers, and while they're not necessarily high on the scoreboard, like they're doing their job. They're getting the kills to push people out of the spawns. There needs to be more than that. I mean, I'm still going to push for Captured Flag till the end of day in Destiny because I think it'd be tons of fun. But yeah, yeah. I think it should be more based around objectives. Yeah, and, and and I've already spoken on on zone control before. I think it's missing something where I think having two additional zones that you can capture. For example, let, let's take a look at um, everybody's favorite map on Phobos, Black Shield. So you have the three obvious spots where you spawn in and then B. But what if there was a spot on the outside part going from C towards the heavy on the corner over there where you, you would get the special ammo? Let's say there's a zone there and then there's a zone opposite of there. Like you suddenly split people up and they have to defend multiple zones. It adds more fun. It adds a little bit more chaos to a 6v6 rather than people just camping a specific spot and then you have to have more it, it, it makes it more dynamic and I, I just think that that game mode suffers from it taking forever and mm. there's just not enough excitement and when when a single team captures the spot and holds it down successfully it gets drawn out and long and it's just I just think adding a, two more zones, would add a little bit of chaos and allow the game to go a lot faster if, for example, you were to capture four zones. Yeah, so my my take on it, actually, I'm kind of in, in an opposite direction, but more, uh, I, I want there to be a lot of zones, but I only want one to be active at a time. And since I'm on a roll, uh, World at War, and it was, I think, I forget which game it was brought back in. I think it might have been Black Ops 2, they brought it back in, but had this lovely game mode called War. And in war, there is one active zone at a time. And the goal was to capture the zone, like you would a, a control point in Destiny. And once you captured it, then the next point further into the enemy team's spawn became active. And the goal was to capture every zone 
leading to the zone that is in your enemy's back spawn. And if you made it all the way there and you controlled all of them, you won the game. And the other team, if they were captured, it would push it back the other way. And it was basically, there was usually five, but it would go up to seven zones, depending on how big the map was. And the goal was to basically play King of the Hill to push the zones all the way back to the enemy's spawn. And that, like, that style of zone control is so much fun. And, it, and it, it's very objective-based because you have to be focused on, like, getting these points controls. Something like that in Destiny would be a ton of fun. I agree. Yeah, so besides uh, the game modes, there were a few changes to maps. Uh, Rusted Lands, Vertigo, and Crossroads all saw invisible physics to stop players from escaping intended playable areas. Uh, Blind Watch saw the Elimination Tiebreaker Zone moved indoors to avoid buys towards the Bravo team. Uh, Pantheon rotated lower heavy crate to keep ammo from falling off the map. Something that's not in here, but I noticed today because we were playing Rift for a while, the Rift spawn spot has actually moved on a lot of maps. It's kind of in more of a balanced area now. Like um, one example would be, oh shoot, why can't I think of the, the map? It's a Taken King map. It's long hallway, basically. Are you talking about Cathedral of Dusk? It's not Cathedral of Dusk. It's, but they it's, did move it on Cathedral of Dusk, by the way. Did they? Yeah. They, so, they, go ahead. And, go ahead. And, I was right. just going to say the one I'm thinking of is the one. It's got a big courtyard with a building in the middle, two upper windows from either side. There's are a you, bus on one spawn. Are you talking about Memento? Yes. They moved it. You know how it was in that middle hallway? Yeah, that one was terrible. They moved it into the courtyard. In where the, the safe house is? Yeah. It's next to the safe house now. Gotcha. Yeah, so they, they moved the rifts a little bit. And um, one other thing they didn't put in this, and Reddit discovered, Reddit discovered that the um, revive times appear to have changed back to what they used to be. And at first I was kind of skeptical, so I tested it. And it's, I don't know if they're back to what they used to be, but you can run through orbs reviving now if you have a fast revive thing on again. I don't know if they meant to do it, if it happened by accident, but... It's back to how it used to be. So heads up for that when Trials opens back up again. Yeah. So uh, with regards to um, Cathedral of Dust, you know how the rift or the yeah the the enemy rift would be near the area where they would spawn. Yes. Now it's in front of that, so you no longer have to go through the back way. You could just go into the area, and it's right in front. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, besides that, the other few changes that uh, they have were UI again. Fireteam uh, and players in current game session lists have been combined and will display 12 players without needing to change pages. That thank is, <laughs> thank God. That is obvious in preparation for private matches, though. Uh, clan rosters has been added. It's on the right side of your roster screen, but it is not immediately available. Right now, we don't even have clan tags. Um, I know, right? The inventory menu has been modified to add ornaments. That is also where um, the things that make your armor glow. That is such a, you're talking is, about chroma. That, yeah. I thank God that they moved it because let me tell you, having chroma take up spots, that was... <laughs> I used to always have not enough space for stuff just because of chroma. <laughs> it's just like, come on, guys. Just like, why not move it to somewhere else? Where it, like, there's a lot of stuff with the, with the items and the materials. It just didn't make sense. Like, why have a book take up an entire spot so now I can't pick up this glimmer material that's on the ground without having to transfer it? It, it was just really annoying. 
thank God they put everything in its own place. And uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> and the last thing was they changed the abandoned quest kiosk menu page to now allow users to be more than just the first page. Yeah, so there's a lot of changes with this update, and we'll be posting links for the for this stuff to go over. Our impressions are a lot of the tuning and things outside of weapons are pretty good and pretty well done. Um, we want them to, to take the extra step on stuff such as salvage and rift and maybe fix up zone control. With regards to the weapons, a lot of them, we understand where they're coming from. There's just certain things that they didn't address, and we hope that they, they take a look at that. Again, take a look at the Triple Wreck video. It is eye-opening. It is upsetting because it's not just your hand cannons, your beloved hand cannons that are, that are coming into play. This is stuff such as shotguns, sometimes scout rifles, auto rifles. If you ever arms. felt, if sidearms especially, if you feel like your shot isn't hitting, chances are it's you have a ghost bullet going on. And it's something that Bungie, they got called out on it and they got called out on it hard. <laughs> really, really hard. Not to say that it wasn't going to happen considering that very soon we're going to have private matches. But man, did they get called out hard on this. And it was it, like, you cannot deny the evidence that's right there. It It is really mind boggling. So, so hopefully we see something done about it soon. Yeah, so make sure that you guys pay attention. Um, this coming Monday, the 12th, which the show might be out after the 12th, but heads up. Anyway, uh, on September 12th, <laughs> there will be a thing that more console is going to be showing. There's new stuff that's going to be out there. And then on the 13th, get ready because it's the week before Rise of Iron. And there has been speculation that there's going to be something going on this week. I am anticipating, hoping for, praying for private matches. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'd be very, very excited and very, very happy if it happens. Because let me tell you, if private matches happen, forget everything else. I'm going to be in there. I'm going to be setting up games. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of, lot of just destruction going on. Um, I'm really excited to play with a whole bunch of people, just do a lot of fun stuff in Crucible um, that we couldn't do before, and now we can. I want to see supremacy. I want to. I want to try it out. I'm super excited to get my hands on that game. I would not be surprised if if supremacy was available. Remember last year at this time, when the week before uh, Rise of Iron, I'm sorry, Taking King, we were able to play Rift. We were able to play Zone Control. No, I don't played, think Zone we Control. We played Mayhem. Mayhem. There we go. So there were two different options, plus the the changes, the update. There was a lot of stuff going on that week before Rise of Iron, week before Take Take the King. That <laughs> you're just super excited for Rise of Iron. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. It, it, we finally have new stuff to do, and it's just it's been so. It's long. only been a year. <laughs> it's been. Well, if you want to go back to April, because April update, even though it was minor content, there was a lot of significant changes to the actual game that changed the way we play the game. And then there were updates that were done after that, that changed the game even more. So it's just, it's been a long time and it's been harder and harder to come back to the game. But now we have a lot more stuff that's going to reinvigorate the community, reinvigorate everybody. And just, just, I'm just really, really excited. 
So, David, you want to wrap this bad boy up? Yeah, we want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit. I want to let you know we are available on a ton of platforms. So please, please, please make sure to spread the word. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes, Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast. And we also have an RSS feed, which the link is available on www.mashthosebuttons.com. Also, please make sure to check out the other shows on Mash Those Buttons Network. We have Double Tap, our podcast dedicated to fighting games in the fighting game community, released bi-weekly on Wednesdays. Wow. <laughs> wow Talk, our podcast dedicated to World of Warcraft, released bi-weekly on Tuesdays. Watchpoint Radio, our podcast dedicated to Overwatch, available weekly on Wednesdays. SitRep Radio, our podcast dedicated to The Division, released weekly on Wednesdays. Frontline Radio, our podcast dedicated to Battlefield and Battlefront once a month on the third week of the month. And of course, (laughs) and of course, we are in orbit, your resource for destiny news and commentary available bi-weekly on Mondays. For any scheduling questions, check out mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule for scheduling details. I only messed up like three times during that, which, which with how poor I can talk today, isn't that bad. Yay. Small baby steps. So, so make sure to check us out on twitter.com slash mtb site. That's S-I-T-E. Facebook.com slash mash those buttons. YouTube.com slash mash those buttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at DS underscore bolts and streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS bolt. No spaces, no underscores. Make sure to tune into my Twitch channel or Jorge's Twitch channel on the opening days and dedicate to Jorge's charity. Yay. And I am available on Facebook and Twitter. You can search me by GoToNRG. Um, make sure to check out my Twitch coming on the 20th of September at www.twitch.tv slash go to NRG. I know this Saturday I already agreed to it. I'm going to be doing some drunken rambling on Twitter or Twitch. I'm sorry. That's going to be fun. And make sure to check out our clan page, The Technodrome Collective. You can search us on Facebook at Guardians of the Technodrome uh, Destiny. And you can also look at our website, thetechnodrome.club. That's thetechnodrome.club. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy what lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue. What is in my future is my destiny. And on behalf of the entire In Orbit team, we thank you for listening to our show. And as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls.